You are listening to the CMC podcast series, Strong Life. In this exciting new series, the pastors of CMC will impart powerful principles that will enable you to live the strong life that God has destined for you. Now join Associate Pastor David Pate for the message, Strong Talk. Turn to James chapter 3. And let's get into our fourth session, James chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 2. James chapter 3, verse 2, it says, we all make many mistakes. (laughs) That's true. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. Small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. The tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Isn't that encouraging? (laughs) Verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles. We can even tame fish, it says here. Good luck on that one. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil it full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and then sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Verse 10, and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Wow, what an encouraging passage there. As he starts off with, you know, we're all wicked and we make many mistakes and it's because of the tongue and you can't tame it, so here you are, you know. My question that I have for us tonight is what is coming out of our mouth? If we were to take a cell phone and record everything that, let's, if we were to do this experiment tomorrow and you were to take your cell phone and put it on record and for uh, 12, for your entire day, from when you wake up to when you go to sleep tomorrow, record every word that you say and then play it back the next day what would you hear what would you hear what would we hear in our homes how do we talk to each other would there be a lot of yelling would there be a a lot of ugly talk the way that that teenagers respond to their parents would it be just all calm and hey mom dad how's it going love it house looks great thank you so much appreciate dinner is that what we would hear Parents talking to kids, what what would the conversation be like? Would would it be just pleasant and awesome and and, and great? Husbands, what what do we say to our wives? What would our tone be like? Wives, how do we speak to our husband? See, do we have strong talk in our homes or would there be a lot of disrespect and a lot of yelling? At school, if you were to record yourself at school and you came back and played at the end of the day with your friends, with your teachers, what, what would we hear? Would there be a lot of gossip? Inappropriate conversations? Inappropriate jokes? Would there be a lot of picking on weaker people? 
Do, do we have the ability to accept correction or is it a lot of argument and a lot of excuses back and forth at work? What would our words be like? Would it be a lot of complaining? Would it be a lot of talking about the boss or, or, or foul language on social media? Or maybe that is not audible words, but it's definitely words that is put down. What would people, what are people seeing with, with our words? Or how about this one? What about the words in our own mind? What about the things that we say about ourselves? Is it I can or I can't? Is it I'm creating the image of God or I'm ugly and terrible? I'm no good. I'm nothing. I have no purpose on this earth anymore. See, if we had people that listened to our recordings on our cell phone, what would they hear? What would they hear? In fact, if you knew during this experiment that one of your pastors would be listening to it, would you completely change the way you talk? Come on, we, we, know, we know that we change a little bit. In fact, it always makes me laugh when I go out of town and find a gym uh, and play basketball, pick up games with a bunch of people I don't know, or I go to a gym that I don't know people, and you know, inevitably there'll be a lot of cussing as we're playing and a lot of different things. And, and in between games, they'll always ask, hey, what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a pastor. And then immediately people, oh, I'm so sorry. And they clean up their language like it matters. <laughs> you know, it's like they offended me. It's, it's so funny how people change for other people in that regard. In this session, I want to cover strong talk. In this session, I want to cover strong talk. What, what are we saying? And, and, and I got to be honest. I got to be honest. I got to TBH it up in here, which for those don't know what TBH is, in truth, to be honest is, is what that means, to, to, to be honest. And I think it's important that each generation understands terminology from other, you know, Pastor Tim is always teaching us uh, terminology like top drawer and hot dog and maps and hay rides, and he's helping the rest of us understand that terminology. So it's good to, to go back and forth with, with terminology. I think, I think that's important uh, in our church. But I got to be honest about tonight's message. I don't really like it. Because I talk a lot. And if there are people in here who you don't talk very much, this is going to be your favorite message. Because you're going to be able to look around and point and be like, that's you. Those are my favorite kind, the ones that I have down. And then I can look around and say, well, that's for them, and that's for them. And I text people, and that's for you. Are you listening to this? You know, don't be so spiritual. You do the same thing. Do not, don't judge me with those eyes. Come on now. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, what's the big deal? What we say doesn't matter. They are just words. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about our words. In fact, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, it says this. It says, but I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. <laughs> Did you hear that? We will have to give it for every careless word. For by your words you're acquitted, and by your words you'll be condemned. I don't like that verse. I don't like that scripture. Not only are careless words dangerous, but you know that words have creative power. Words have creative, in fact, flip over to Genesis chapter one. Flip over, I think pastor's done this before, but we gotta do it again. Flip over to Genesis chapter one, the, the first thing that kicks this whole Bible off, and you, look, you start in verse three, and we'll just rush through several verses here. We don't get bogged down on this, but it's so cool to think about. Verse three, in Genesis chapter one, it says, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw it was good, it was awesome. Verse six, 
Then God said, let there be space between the waters, separate the waters of the heavens and the waters of the earth. Verse 9. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one space or dry ground may appear. Verse 11. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed berry. Verse 14. Then God said. Verse 20. Then God said. Verse 24. Then God said. Verse 26. Then God said. But the coolest part is verse 31. Verse 31, it says, then God saw. To quote our pastor, what did God saw? God saw what he said. See, he saw what he said because what he said had creative power. See, this earth, everything that we know was created by the spoken word. Why? Because words have creative power. So what are we creating with our words? Because sometimes our words don't create good things. See, what are we creating on our jobs and in schools with our families? What are we creating with our words? So words have creative power. Words, we're going to have to give an account for them. Then turn to Proverbs 18, 21. We're going to throw out a lot of verses today. That's why I love our midweek service. I love our midweek Bible study. Proverbs 18, 21, it talks about the power of life and death. Proverbs 18, 21, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. It says two things here in this, in, in this verse. Number one, that words have the power, the tongue has the power of life and death. And number two, you will eat the fruit of that power. But look at it, think about this. Our words have the power to bring life to people. Our words have the power to build people up. And, and I was thinking about, we could even do a, a silly example here. And I was even thinking about our awesome youth pastor who is in the sound pit today. And, and I thought I could use a silly example here by maybe tearing him down just a little bit. And talking about his starter goatee that he wears. It's really cute that one day will be masculine. Did you dress like that on purpose? Did Sarah not see what you were wearing before you? Those shoes, what are those? What are, what are those? That haircut, though, that's suspect, man. Now, even though Josh knows I'm halfway joking, those words still hit, right? Those words still hit. And then I thought about the complete opposite example with my lovely wife, Melissa. Her beautiful hair that she has tonight, and she's wearing my favorite outfit. And when she walked in, I had to ask her, are we going to a banquet tonight? My Lord, babe. I mean, wow. See, when you're preaching, two birds, one stone is always really, really good. In fact, the youth were telling us that we were OTP, one true pair. Just, I mean, they're just, just awesome there. See, even though she knows that it's never too much, it's never too much. Even though she knows that that's a silly example, words do something on the inside. They do something on the inside. See, whenever someone builds you up, there really are no words to describe the feeling of, that, of when you're built up. In fact, after I speak, I love it how there are always several people that come up and compliment me about my sermon, and that always builds me. In fact, there's many, many, many people that come up right after the sermon. They run to me. and they, I mean, Tonight, there's probably going to be dozens that come up and tell me how awesome the service is, and there's no way to describe to you, church, what that does in my heart. It's powerful. 
In fact, after a basketball game, whenever we win, I love it when people compliment the team. They talk about, hey, I see that they're growing. I, I see what's happening in the kids. In fact, it, it so does something in my heart that when our kids play at the Boys and Girls Club, I make it, uh, I make it a note to go to that coach after every game and say, thank you, I appreciate you working with my kids. I try and go to the director of the Boys and Girls Club and say, thank you for putting all this together because what I know is what they hear most of the time are complaints and, critic, and critical. You know, the coach is this, the coach is that. And I've really made it a point and I've noticed how it's built the coach up. See, what does it do for you when someone encourages you? What does it do for, for you? What is the power of the words when someone builds you up, when someone brags on your mate, when someone brags on your kids, when, when your boss brags on how you're doing at, on the job? How does that make you feel? It's powerful. Well, if it produces that much in our lives, what could we do to produce in other people's lives? What could we do? The power. See, we need to maybe write a note to someone or send them a text or message on social media or when we see them in person, say, hey, I noticed this. Thank you for that. I appreciate you in my life. See, do we realize how much strong talk does in the lives of other people? See, words have power. And then it goes on to say, you will eat its fruit. You will eat its fruits. See, words produce fruit. See, words can have positive fruit or negative fruit. See, the words can produce insecurity, fear, abuse. Words are abusive. Failure, loss. People can quit because of words. You, do, do you know that people can be beat down because of our words? Or our words can produce faith in other people. Our words can produce love and joy and freedom. Do you know that there's peace in a home when the words uh, have great fruit and are positive? See, our words can produce victory and encouragement and overcoming in the hearts of other people. So I, I wanna ask, we got to ask ourselves, what are my words producing in other people? What are my words producing in my life, in the lives of others? See, we don't even realize the power of the tongue sometimes, do we? We don't even realize the power of one word. And I want to give you an example from when I was growing up. You know what the power of one word divorce does? Do you know what a little child in a home hearing the word divorce threatened over and over does in their mind? It causes them to think, is today the day? Do they really mean it this time? I remember growing up, uh, whenever I went to school, went to school about 30 minutes away, and so uh, my mom got in a group with other moms and they carpooled. And I remember this one particular day after school, it was my mom's day to pick up. And she didn't show up. It was another mom. And my mom, I mean, she was, I mean, regimental. That just didn't, that just didn't happen. Well, she didn't show up and another mom did. And I asked the mom right when I got in her car, what's the deal? Why did my mom pick you up? And this was even worse. This mom looked at me and said, you'll find out when you get home. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know what a kid can do with that right there? I mean, we got scenarios after scenario for a 30 minute drive. So I get home and you know what I'm thinking? My parents are getting a divorce. That was my whole thought on the way home. I walk in the door, and sure enough, there my parents are sitting at the kitchen table. Son, have a seat. We need to talk with you. And I'm thinking, here it is. It's over. It is over. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And they said, we want you to know, son, that your great-grandmother passed away today. And you know what I did? Whew. Okay. Because the tragedy of one 
word divorce and praise God that that is not where they're at in their marriage anymore and God has healed that there but but that one word produced something in my life and I think it's important that we ask ourselves was that necessary does that word have to be said did I have to say it like that to them was that really necessary did that need to be said did it, did it have to be said like that you know sometimes it's not what we say but it's how we say it it's the tone. Hey, bud, did you get your homework done? I did. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Chill out. The tone. Why are you so mad? I'm not mad. I have no idea why I thought you were mad. I have no idea. Whoa, whoa. Our tone. Our tone. And then in James chapter 3, verse 10, it says something very interesting. It says, blessings and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth. You know, our mouth can have both. And you know what the enemy likes to do? He likes to pervert every gift that God has given us. The enemy likes to pervert. The very mouth that can build people up can also tear people down. See, the enemy can take a blessing and make it a curse. See, our words can either build people up or tear them down, blessing or curse. Our words can encourage or discourage, blessing or curse. Our words can be positive or negative, blessing or curse. See, our words can go either way. And I threw down several scenarios here tonight that I want us to think about how our words can go either way. And my question is, do we have strong talk? Do we have strong talk? The first example, I thought about how our words can get us in trouble or they can keep us out of trouble right Proverbs 21 23 says he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity see if we guard our words they can keep us out of trouble but you know out of emotion we say a lot of really dumb things that get ourselves in trouble we, we just get emotional, in the mo and when the moment was over, after we vomited out some emotional, silly, dumb phrase, comment, lash out, you know, we always feel bad. And we always go and we slump our shoulders, and I'm sorry, you know, babe, I'm sorry, you know, mom, I'm sorry. You know, we have to do that, but it was out of our, the very mouth that got us in trouble, then got us out of trouble. How many times do we say things out of emotion? That's where James chapter 1 verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take this note. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. See, James is saying, don't get emotional. Don't, don't just say whatever you want to say. In fact, James is basically saying, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. We know that. We've all heard that. Yet, that's easier said than done. And I want to encourage us tonight, church. Strong talk has to watch out for our default mode. We have to watch out for our default mode. The way we've always responded. The way we've always, when we get mad, we lash out. When we get mad, we argue. We cut people down. We got to be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. You know, another thing that I was thinking about is the fact that our words can be wholesome or unwholesome. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. 
We could probably stop right there, close in prayer and work on that for a year. Come back in a year. <laughs> One year when you get done with that right there. Let no unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. Ephesians 5, 3 through 4 says, But among you, as is proper among the saints, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality, impurity, or greed, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Saints is what he's saying. Colossians 3, 7 through 9. Should I keep reading? These are really bad. <laughs> These are really tough. Now, for the quiet ones, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. A lot of you are getting texts right now. Th Colossians 3, 7 through 9. Now you must rid yourself of all such things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from our lips. I want to ask us tonight, what kind of language are we using? And my favorite is when I hear, I only cuss when I get mad. <laughs> We will not ask for a show of hands. <laughs> I only cuss when I get mad. That's when it's appropriate. That, that's what we're saying, right? We're justified. Only when I get mad. So what we're saying is, it's always okay to do wrong when I'm mad. Oh, oh I was mad. I'm justified there. I know I did the wrong thing, but I was mad. That, 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 is, that is what I'm saying. I want to ask us, what kind of an example are we setting for our kids? What kind of an example are we setting for the next generation that we need to be in control of our emotions except for when we are mad, then we can let whatever fly out of our mouths? What kind of example are we setting for those that work around us that know that we're Christians, that know where we go to church? Please tell them you go to another church. See, are our conversations wholesome or unwholesome? Strong lives use strong words. You know, third thing that I was thinking about was the fact that our words can benefit or not benefit others. Ephesians 4.29, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. According to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. This verse is probably one of the ones I deal with the most. You know, being a principal, being in leadership, you deal with some conflict resolution where you got two people one's mad at the other one hurt the other and you call them into the office you get to talk with it but this right here is probably when it comes to words is what I deal with the most is where you have two types of people you have people that are sensitive and you have people that are very insensitive and when you get these two people talking with each other you are going to have insensitive people say very insensitive things to very sensitive people. And usually those types of meetings always go with, number one, insensitive person. Selfish, insensitive, cold-hearted, mean person. You've got to get more sensitive. You've got to start thinking about other people when you talk with them, right? We, we got to think. And, and I'm telling you, you know, I, I dealt, I've already spoken this from the pulpit. We don't need to go into this anymore about how selfish I was early on in our marriage, but I've worked through that. And, and you know, there just be very insensitive things that are said early on. When we were first married, I didn't realize how into Christmas that my wife was. She was, to say that, that her family is into Christmas is a small understatement, okay? Small understatement. And when we were first married, she told me, true statement, right out of her mouth, you have ruined Christmas. 
first year of marriage that she said that as she was in the floor in our only bathroom that we had, she was on the floor in our bathroom crying. Being a rookie, I knew not what to do in this moment, but I knew I had screwed up royally. But I was a very insensitive person. And with this subject, she was very sensitive. And so I want to say to those in here, if you are insensitive, you've got to start thinking through what you say to the people around you. When I first came on staff here at CMA, I was the only person of my gender in staff meeting. It was a a lot of ladies in there, and I was a very young, insensitive, selfish Christmas destroyer (laughs) on staff. And I'm telling you, I had to learn in staff meeting to tiptoe around. I've never had to censor my words so much and say, if you don't mind, if you please, if it's okay, if it's not too inconvenient. I mean, I had to learn to be a sense. It was not an easy process. But I tell you, those who were sensitive around me appreciated it. We've got to be careful about our words. Are we building those up? I want to say to those in this room who might be sensitive, please, please work on being tougher. You, everything can't be a big deal. But if you are sensitive, if you are a feeler, if you're not careful, everything that everyone says to you is a major time bomb, and you're going to bust out this podcast and try to hand it out to everyone But maybe we could get a little bit tougher when we hear words. So that's scenario number three. We got to build up. But but the key to that scenario is we have to speak to people according to their needs, not according to our needs. That's what Ephesians, that's what Paul's saying there. It says according to their need. Well, it's just so silly. I don't need to do that. Well, not according to my needs, but according to their needs, we got to quit ruining Christmas. Fourth scenario is our words can either build up or tear down. James chapter 3 verse 8 says the tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. I want to ask us tonight, are we being critical with our words? Are our words a deadly poison? Are they cutting? Are they negative? Because with the same mouth we can be blessing and with the same mouth we can be cursing. I'll never forget teaching Algebra 2 for over 10 years, and I had a student who was really struggling in math, but what was crazy was she had all A's in every subject. We were talking about a 4.0 student except for math. She had a D. And I remember meeting with her mom in front of the daughter, and the mom said, well, my daughter is just not good at math. That's just not her thing. She's never been good at math. I was never good at math, so therefore she is not good at math. And I'm sitting there, I'm trying to like cover the child's ears because what we were doing was feeding negative and critical and ter- what we were doing is we were creating a bad math grade. And so I remember taking the student on and tutoring them and, I, and, and my whole goal was simply to build her up. My whole goal was simply to tell her that she could. And after saying, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can, you know what began to happen with her grade? Began to come up and up and up and up and she ended up making a B in Algebra 2. She ended up going to college algebra and making a C in college algebra for a, for a student who was failing and couldn't do math. All of a sudden, math became her thing. 
See, our words, we've got to watch our words. Are we building others up or are we tearing others down with our words? We've got to use our words in the community. I want to encourage you with the waitress. Are we saying please and thank you? Just simply saying, I appreciate. Do you know what that does to a waitress to say please and thank you? When we're at the doctor's office, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for taking time. Thank you for getting us in. You know, just having positive words, just being upbeat. Do you know what that does with people? See, we live in such a negative world, and negative is so natural. It is so natural to have weak words. It is so natural to, to have words that cut. I want to encourage you. Let, let your teachers know, students, that you appreciate them. Your grade may go up five points by just doing that right there. And finally, the last example is our words are like a rudder. James says in James chapter 3, verse 4, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Our words are like a rudder, and they can take any group and turn that group in this direction, or they can turn that group in that direction. You know, our words are a rudder, and it is very easy in a church in a job format, in a school, to get gossip going and to start talking about this person. And we can, you can literally steer an entire group against a student. You can literally steer an entire work, work group against this one employee. You can literally steer an entire group against a boss. You can do it. You can literally steer an entire church against a pastor. You can do that. That is the power. It's said in James, a tiny spark can set a forest on fire. And gossip is like a cancer that can tear any group apart. Our words, our social media posts, our rants, our little conver- our, just our little, our little stirring conversations. Where are we steering the group that we are in? Think about it. I, re- I really hope after tonight's message that, that it really affects us over the next week or two that we really become intentional with our words. That we really start asking ourselves, where am I steering our job? Am I steering everyone around me toward the boss? Hey, listen, listen, they had a bad day. But, but man, they're paying us. They've been faithful to us. Man, they're doing a good job. Man, I hear you, I hear you. Are we steering people toward the pastor's? Are we saying, hey, listen, that's not what they meant. Let me explain that. Let me do it. Are, are we steering our kids toward their dad or toward their mom? Or are we steering them away? See, how are we steering the group that we are in? TC, it's a big group right here. And you know, it's very easy to steer against the word that's being taught. But you know what? That very word that's being taught has delivered a lot of men and set their course on an amazing path to accomplishing God's purpose for their life. But see, a group, we, a group can take, a, a, I'm telling you, words can steer a group in a direction. We've got to watch our words. You know, you take the example of Numbers chapter 13. You remember when God told the people, the nation of Israel, I am giving you the promised land. He said, I am giving you this land. That's what God meant. He was giving it to them. Now he said, 12 spies, go check it out, what I'm giving you. And remember, the ten came back and said, we can't have this land. And they were cursed because those ten steered the entire nation of Israel away from what God had called them to do. See, our words can steer. I want to ask us tonight, I want to challenge us tonight. If you took your cell phone tomorrow 
and recorded every word that you said and you played it back on the job what would you hear would there be a lot of coarse jokes Will there be a lot of getting mad and emotional and cussing th- going off the handle and then hey you guys come to church this weekend <laughs> at school would there what would there be a lot of my, my teachers stupid man I hate that when you go home do you tell your parents the truth about what happened during the day or do we fudge on it a little bit do, do we take out details that incriminate us and try and make our teachers look bad? Come on, with our words. How, if we played it back, would we have to censor it for our pastors or our mate? Would we have to censor it for our kids? Would we, we, come on, if we, had, if we played this back, James chapter 3 says, blessings and cursings come out of the same mouth. If there's power of life and death in the tongue, and if we're going to eat the fruit of our words, church, let's have strong words. Let's have strong fruit. Let's produce strong fruit in the lives of others. Which one is it for us? Do our mouths get us in trouble? Or do our mouths keep us out of trouble? Are our mouths, our words wholesome or unwholesome? Do our words benefit others? Are we sensitive to others? Do we benefit them? Do do we phrase things in a way that benefits other people? Do we build up or do we tear down? And then the last one, do our words steer people in the right direction or the wrong direction? Colossians chapter 3 verse 7 says, you used to walk in these ways. That's not who you are anymore. If we're going to get stronger and stronger as a church, there are ways that we have to used to walk in. And we, we used to walk in weak talk. But now we've got to start walking in strong talk. We've got to start walking. Our homes have got to change. The way we talk to each other on a day in and day out, it has to change. If there's power in life and death, here's my challenge as we close today. My challenge is, who is someone that you need to build up? Think about it. Maybe there's somebody that God has already laid on your heart to build them up, but you just hadn't got around to it, or I I don't know. But I want to challenge our church today. Who is someone that you need to build up? You you may have some routine where you're always going to this gas station and paying here, or you're always going to Walmart. You may have people that are strangers that you don't even know that you need to build up. Are there family members that you need to build up? Are there church members that you need to build up? If there is life and death, if there is power in the tongue, let's use that power. Let's have strong talk. Who is someone we can build up this week? Because God is calling us as a church to get stronger this year. And tonight, we wanted to challenge our church to have strong talk. Amen? Amen. Let's stand here tonight. Let's pray over our service and the end of our week. God, we are so grateful for your word. God, we thank you that we have a compass, that we have a GPS, your word, that can navigate and show us exactly how to have a strong life. God, I pray that our words, that Christian ministry's words would be different. Every restaurant, everywhere we go, our vacations, everything that we do, God, that this community would know there's something different about them, and it's because Jesus Christ is completely in control of our lives. God, help us to have strong talk. God, help us to breathe life in everyone around us. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. You can stay connected with us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Download the CMC app by searching Christian Ministries Church in the App Store. 
For more information and upcoming events, go to cmchurch.com.